Welcome back into the Irish NFL show. We are a week or so, 10 days away from the Super Bowl. But before we get into Super Bowl week and talking about the big game at hand, let's, let's recap some of the coaching news. And in particular, the Atlanta Falcons. They have announced over the course of the last week, Raheem Morris returning to the NFC South, but now returning as the head coach of the Falcons. To discuss this and numerous other various stories around the Falcons, delighted to have D. Orlando Redbitter join us from the Atlantic Constitution. Leonardo, it doesn't seem like a long time ago since we were last talking, but uh, it's great to have you back on the show. Sure, no problem. Thanks for having me on the Irish NFL Network. Looking forward to discussing the uh, Falcons and the NFL with you all today. Well, Leonardo, I suppose at the end of the season, the news came out in which Arthur Smith was being released of his services as head coach. It probably didn't come as a, as a great surprise to many. But the week that led thereafter, and in particular around Bill Belichick, was depending on which scenario, which story you you read, it seemed quite likely he was going to be the next head coach. And obviously the Falcons have gone a different route. So I, I'll, I'll kick off Raheem Morris. Obviously he has a lot of a lot of people that would not, you know, I suppose remember him from his time at the books, obviously with the Falcons previously. And he's done a great job, in fairness, in LA with the Rams. So it probably doesn't come as a surprise that he's back as a head coach. Did you feel at the end of the season he was really a justified name that was in the ring? And did you did you take it as a surprise once they announced it? Um, yeah, at the end of the season, once uh, Coach Smith was fired, uh, you know, we did some work. And then our story on January the 11th said that the owner wanted um, Bill Belichick, that that was the, the whole thing behind the firing. And if he didn't get Belichick, his fallback candidate was Raheem Morris. So, we, we knew going in, those were the two leaders in the pool. They went out and did a kind of a, a dog and pony show, interviewing 14 people, when really it was just a matter of they could work the deal out with Bill Belichick or Raheem Morris. And uh, they weren't able to work a deal out with Belichick. Yahoo Sports has since reported that, you know, he wanted full control over uh, personnel, scouting, and coaching which he had in New England, uh, and the Falcons were not willing to do that. They were into collaborations and wanted to split those um, authorities up, and uh, Raheem was more amenable to that than Bill Belichick. There's some that would suggest, and it's probably not really accurate now, bearing in mind that Belichick has not found the role with any team as head coach, that they would have kind of no stone untorn in terms of giving him the responsibility and the ownership in which he wa- would have wanted. I I did I had read reports on, you know, he wanted to report directly to Arthur Blank as opposed to the 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 other people within the building in terms of the the, the GM and obviously the other people that come with that. Are you surprised that they didn't allow it to get to the stage where he just they accepted this is ultimately what it's going to have to take to get Bill Belichick in? Obviously, they haven't gone that route. Do you feel it really was a critical point for for Arthur Blank? I think Arthur Blank seemed very keen. You know, the initial meeting, it looked like he was going for the second meeting very much around which coaches he had in mind. And yet they couldn't come to an equal footing in terms of how much of an allowance they would give to him. Did you, did you take him back with it? Yeah, no, not not really. Uh, but he was, um, he wanted Bill Belichick six championships. You know, he brings that championship pedigree. He makes your team relevant. But all of his lieutenants were saying, no, no, no. Uh, we don't need Bill Belichick. He's going to bring in uh, a lot of baggage. Um, you know, Ty, uh, Josh McDaniels, 
supposedly Matt Patricia was coming, and then Joe Judge. All three failed head coaches in the league. Uh, and, you know, but that, those are his guys. And, uh, you know, uh, they were going to come in and uh, have and request, uh, you know, things to be all things Patriots. But the Falcons don't operate like that. But the owner wanted to consider it. He did it. His um, uh, general manager, CEO, Rich McKay, um, you know, talked him out of it, it sounds like. And they went in another direction. Do you think there was a great importance for Raheem Morris in terms of coming back, but the fact that he has such kind of a good understanding of the NFC South, as we touched on there, he's been previously a coach in the division. He obviously had a, a great relationship, hadn't worked with the Falcons previously. I think that was really kind of a critical piece as part of, of the hiring once they made a decision that they were going to go a different road in terms of not going after Belichick. Yeah, you know, he uh he start he started in two thousand and two in Tampa Bay, then rose up to be the head coach at the age of thirty two. So he's been around the NFC South. Um he knows that, that had to be a factor. Also the factor that, you know, when he was here, uh, you know, he did every job that Dan Quinn asked him to do. He had his back at every turn and he got to make some friends along the way, including uh, you know, Arthur Blank's son, Max Max Blank. He's one of the, you know, people that the owner does listen to outside of the football group. And, uh, yeah, and, um, it's my understanding that Morris and his family go on vacation with uh, Max Blank and his family. So it doesn't hurt to have somebody inside working for you like that also uh, to make the decision. But, yeah, his familiarity with the NFC South, uh, the fact that he did go out and win a Super Bowl with the Rams, and, um, you know, the fact last year he coached that defense into the playoffs with a bunch of undrafted free agents and first-year rookie guys. So, um, you know, you could see that, you know, the coaching acumen is there, certainly on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, Orlando, I recall a podcast in which we did around March of last year. We were talking about the, the free agency period, how – aggressive they be bearing in mind the cap space they had last year you did touch on in that particular episode that keep an eye out on them trying to go after players within the Saints organization because of the familiarity within the division you you kind of that came to be came to pass came to fruition we're a year on and Ritter really hasn't really turned out in terms of the expectations going into the season they gave him his opportunity I feel like they're more in flux now as a quarterback in terms of the quarterback situation than they were at this time last year You you touched on at the time that you were surprised that they weren't considering the Lamar Jackson situation in terms of putting the, the offer on the table. But where do you stand now? Do you see in a situation where, and they are picking kind of reasonably in the same kind of areas which they picked last year, go down the Bijan Robinson route. Do you see it as a quarterback scenario or do you think a trade such as a Justin Fields, and I'm only speculating calling him out, but do you see a scenario where they go for a, a quarterback to his, to, in terms of his level or do they try ultimately to get one from the draft this year. Yeah, they, they've got to, um, Brian, they got to uh, leave no stone unturned here, okay? Uh, they got to look at, if Kirk Cousins comes on the market, uh, they got to look at it. You know, that's uh, two years, $90 million. Um, They can make it work, uh, fit, him, fit him under the cap. Then you, you're not going to be able to do some of the other things, but you got a quarterback. Uh, you know, Justin Fields is uh could become available because uh Caleb Williams would be drafted by the Bears if that's the case. 
Now, um, you know, the, do you want to play RPO-type football with a running quarterback? Um, you know, Raheem Morris will have to sign off on that. His new offensive coordinator, Zach Robinson, is uh, he learned a drop-back game from Sean McVay and the air raid coaches at Oklahoma State. So he's not an RPO guy. He's uh, been working with – he did uh, – he's been working with uh, – you know, Matthew Stafford, and then, you know, the four quarterbacks they had last season when everybody was hurt. So um, it, it's not a his, it's his history, but the quarterback coach, uh, T.J. Yates, he has worked with Deshaun Watson in the past when he was in Houston. So, um, you know, you got somebody as a quarterback coach that can maybe get a Justin Fields transition, but, yeah, the um, – Zach Robinson is more of a drop back, Matthew Stafford, air raid, get the ball out quick guy, which, you know, Justin Fields is not his specialty. And I read one, I read a, a report last week, and again, that I have to call it, it is speculation, and I took it as a little bit of a surprise, and maybe it's the Robinson connection in terms of the fact that he was with the Rams, and I'll be aiming briefly. Baker Mayfield was thrown into the mix. Obviously, the books have to come up with, make a decision whether they're going to look after him in terms of a contract. He has familiarity now with the division. He's obviously coming off a, a reversal to the form which we've seen over the course of the last year. You're talking about drop-back quarterbacks. Essentially, that is, he's obviously got the connection, you know, having maybe briefly, I'll be on the different side of the ball with Morris been in, in the Rams and he'd gone in there for a brief period last year. Is that really feasible? Do you think that's a fair one? Or do you think it's a case of what you said, they will, I suppose, analyze every situation and every quarterback that could become available? Well, yeah, you got to look at uh, connections, and that's a connection. Uh, and Tampa Bay uh, may not be able to pay him. Uh, you know, they got Mike Evans coming up. Got to uh, figure out what they're going to do with Devin White. Um, and, and so, you know, if he wants, um, you know, a bigger contract, because he played basically on a low contract last year, a bit, I think like $3 million. But, um, yeah, so you could get in a bidding war for Baker Mayfield. And, you know, at this point, he – Definitely better than what you have. And just um, in terms of the Falcons' uh, fan base, in terms of the expectations for a new head coach, we touched on it there, the Bill Belichick factor. Do you think there was a, a growing excitement from the fans that, oh, my God, potentially we're getting Belichick and then Morris comes in? We've seen other teams over the course of the last few years, they have their wish list, they don't get who and ultimately they want, and the fans are left a little bit disgruntled and disappointed. Do you get the sense from the Falcons' fan base that they're, Glad to see a familiar face come back as head coach, or do you think they're still wishing that they, they had it went down the Belichick route? Yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah, Belichick would have bought you instant credibility, but you knew he was just here for two or three years. So, you know, he's just trying to get the record. So, you know, some fans were okay with that. Others were not more on a long-term coach. But what they didn't want was somebody to come in here that didn't know what they were doing, you know, a coordinator for the first time kind of guessing. So it was, you know, pretty much a, a crowd that wanted a proven head coach. And, uh, you know, that was reflective in the interviews. They talked to to Bill Belichick, uh, Jim Harbaugh, uh, uh, Vrabel got an interview, Mike Vrabel got an interview, and then Raheem. So it pretty, would have, pretty much was down to Raheem and Vrabel as far as experienced coaches. So... They think they can come in with the right coach and the right quarterback and turn this thing around pretty fast. Uh, so that's the way, uh, you know, there's some people that aren't uh, pro Morris. They look at his record and say he's 17 and 38. 
And so that is true. Um, you know, he won four or six here and then dropped some games at the end when everybody's, you know, already giving up on the season. And then in Tampa, he did have one 10-win season. So you got to go back and look at what happened in Tampa. They were cutting salary. They were pivoting. Um, you know, it was a bad situation for a young guy that be put in, but they put him there. And, um, you know, uh, that could be explained away. But still, those losses are on his record. Obviously, you're, you're watching the team and covering the team every week, dear. And when you reflect on the season, is it a season that got away in the sense of they had such a, a strong nucleus of players offensively and defensively that they should have won more games? There were so many games that you felt that was a very winnable game over the course, a number of games in which they should have won over the course of the season. Uh, Ritter obviously chose interceptions at critical moments in games which probably would have led to, to victory. We saw the frustration at times on Arthur Smith's face when the camera obviously, the camera shot goes to the sideline. And yeah, he came out defending him very early on in the season and said, you aren't seeing the tape, you aren't seeing the work ethic in, in practice throughout the week. But obviously as games went on, Arthur Smith kind of pulled away from that. Do you feel... Bear in mind the, the nature of the division and the books have returned again as NFC South champions. You feel this division was there for them this year and with the right steps, right coaching and I suppose the right selection of players this offseason, they could very much be back in terms of being aggressive and going for the South next year. Um, yeah, you got an offensive line, uh, you, your defense. Um, you know, you had a patchwork defense with some veterans. You, you don't know if they're coming back or, or what. Uh but, um, you know, the, the fact was that the quarterback play needed to be at a certain level. You weren't asking him to be Tom Brady. He just needed to take care of the ball. 12 interceptions and 12 touchdown passes, that's not going to get the job done. You can't throw, you know, some of the mistakes were just basic quarterback NFL level uh, things that you cannot do. And, um, you know, the inconsistent play at quarterback drove, a lot of their problems this year, you know, where they couldn't score the ball. Uh, they couldn't, uh, and then if they did have a lead, they couldn't hold it. If they did, they gave, they turned the ball over to the other team. You know, just a um, litany of uh, mistakes, fumbles and interceptions that you can't, you're not, they're not good enough to, to play uh, mistake football and, um, you know, beat even good or decent teams. You know, the teams they beat, they did have wins over Green Bay and Houston but they weren't able to sustain that over periods of time and uh, have really bad losses to Minnesota, Arizona, and, and the Carolina Panthers for bit at the, you know, lo the lowest ranked team in the league. So, you know, you're not any good if you're still uh, uh, doing that and you have that wide of a fluctuation. So yeah, there's still room for improvement um, on the rest of the roster too. But the first things first, you got to get a quarterback that's not going to hurt you. And then you could start um, building out the rest of the positions. You feel like it's Groundhog Day, Dion Ando, say with 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 this team and this organization. You know, in terms of the inconsistency that we see each year. Well, uh, it's been different because the first two Arthur Smith teams were overachievers. They were, in fact, they won seven games with that first team. It was a, you know, he should have got some coach coach of the year votes. Last year's team was a 10-win team. They blew three games, at least three. They blew five games, but give them three. And so, you know, that would have won the division. So, you know, they underachieved last year. 
And, uh, you know, the middle team was also undermanned, playing with the NFL record $88 million salary cap deficit. So, I mean, you, you he played two years with no talent. You got some talent, didn't go well, and you fired him. So it seemed like there should have been a little bit more support there for Coach Arthur Smith, you know, because he, uh, he had been through so much to get that thing close to, back to respectability. Well, you touched on it there, and we touched on it at the start of the recording. They have fired him, and it's been confirmed over the course of the last few hours as we record this on Tuesday evening that Arthur Smith has been confirmed as the new offensive coordinator at, at the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had their own issues offensively over the course of the season. And Arthur Smith obviously got the job in Atlanta because of the fine work in which he did in Tennessee at the time there. Do you see a spring in a step in terms of what he would look to do? Is he got a point to prove in terms of proving to, to other teams going in the future that he can come back and be a head coach again? We obviously see Dan Quinn with his record in Atlanta now being linked to a number of teams, but predominantly down to his great work on the Cowboys defense. But is Arthur Smith going to have a, a bounce back year and can he go in and correct the woes do you believe in, in in Pittsburgh? Because they're very much another team in Quantry in, in a bit of a flux with their quarterback Kenny Pickett situation. Obviously Rudolph stepped in towards the end of the season. The Mitch Trubisky, um year there of two years that hasn't really materialised. Is he going to have a, a tough job on his hands or can they give him the support that he needs? Yeah, he's got a tough job in his hands. What they want him to bring back is that pounding running attack. And, uh, you know, he's got Davenport and Jalen uh, up there to do that with. Now, the Falcons, here's uh, they went from 31st in the league to third. And then this year they were ninth and rushing. So Arthur Smith's offense can run the ball. His problem has been passing, and, uh, you know, they got to do it. Kenny Pickett was drafted in the same draft as Ritter, and he was the only one in the first round that year. So, you know, can you win with him? And then Mason Rudolph stepped in in the playoffs and played a little better, but uh, they may not have their quarterback either. So so uh, he might be in the same boat. But, um, you know, they can run the ball. And uh, in the AFC North, you got to be able to run the ball, even against the mighty uh, Ravens defense. Then you face the Cleveland Brown defense. Then the Bengals are pretty nasty, too. So um, at some point, you know, you're going to need a better quarterback and uh, a deal for Coach Roger Smith. But he likes the culture up there. He thinks it's a good place for him to be. And, um, you know, with some success with the Steelers, yeah, we'll probably see him uh, getting a head coaching job somewhere along the line here in the next two or three coaching cycles. A tough slog for any coach going into a, an AFC North, such a difficult division. Obviously, Senior Bowl week this week, we've got the, you're going to have the Pro Bowl this weekend, which is not the Pro Bowl of all that we remember. And then obviously, then that all all things lead to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. You'll be out there. We will be out there also. Looking forward to your company. Before I let you go, albeit we are 10, 11 days away, have you got a hunch, a gut as to who's going to win the game on Sunday week? Are you holding fire on your selection until next week? Yeah, I haven't gone through all my preparation for the stories and so forth and looking at the matchups in detail. But, um, you know, the Chiefs are there with a much better defense than they've had the last few times. Uh, and, um, you know, the 49ers, I know Kyle's uh, operation is uh, very well. Uh, he's back there with not, you know, the best of quarterbacks. Uh, but Brock Purdy is, um, 
doing a, a pretty good job there. It's not like Jimmy Garoppolo. So, and he might have the best player in the league in Christian McCaffrey with them too. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking, uh, 49ers are, you know, going to win, but, uh, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be ready by the time we get to Vegas on Monday. Well, we're looking forward to having your company. Yeah. Cause Shannon, let's not forget he's lost the Super Bowl for the 49ers as head coach, but he was also involved in the Patriots win over the Falcons, the 28 three dismantlement shall be safe back a number of years ago. Yolanda, always a pleasure to have you on the Irish NFL show. We look forward to seeing you in Las Vegas and catch up in person. It's been great having you back home. All right. Thanks for having me, Brian. You all take care and look forward to seeing you in Vegas also.